Hello everyone and welcome back to the Roverland Podcast, episode two. My name's Josh Pavlo and beside me sits James Prosser. Welcome to you, Pross. Cheers, Pav. Great to be back here again. We really appreciate the great response from episode one. Some good feedback from the community. I promised to talk with a bit more enthusiasm this week. Yeah, that was a point mentioned by our lovely producer, Maddie. Cheers. Shout out to Maddie. Shout out to Maddie. Guess you really can make chocolate cake out of, out of just about anything, as they say. <laughs> you sure can. We'd like to thank our major sponsors again for keeping us going during isolation. Buxton Sandringham. Shout out to Lee Fletcher and Matthew Gray. I think they work at Buxton. Uh, Mazda Brighton, Zoom Zoom. And our other club sponsors, Night Sport, Hotel Brighton and Bendigo Bank Sandringham. And don't forget, you can support Hotel Brighton particularly with a CUB incentive of buying a beer or multiple beers um, in advance. You buy one beer and you get two in return. So that's something that we can definitely look at doing to get around our sponsors. And when you do go into any of these places, make sure you mention the Rovers. So we're here with our second guest for the podcast, the second biggest fish in the Rovers pond after Carney. The second. But, uh, that's just how it worked out. Anthony Kwan. Who else? Anthony Kwan. Thank you, James. Thanks for joining me, Connie. Thank you. We'll just kick things off with a few questions. The first one, the hottest topic at the moment, how have you been in isolation? How have I been in isolation? Good. Uh, I've enjoyed a little bit of the time off. I've painted a fence. I've recreated a whole garden. Um, my garden is looking really good. And I'm doing a lot of the things I probably couldn't do during footy season. So, enjoying yeah. it. You've had a, uh, a former Rovers uh, champion at your house recently? I've had uh, I've had a couple. Well, one was a champion, and one is an emerging champion. Uh, so I had Russell Barnes there today, just chopping down a tree, and then I've had Sam Bradford there last week, uh, creating a garden for me. Done a very good job. Lovely. And how's it looking? How's his work? Good. Yeah. Very good apprentice. He was cheap. Yeah. Great. Very cheap. Um, and Barney was even cheaper. So that was great because I'm a bit of a tight ass. <laughs> Little plug for Sammy Bradford there. Yeah. How long have you been at the club? What's your earliest memory? I came to the club for my under seventeen, so that was 1996. Um, so I was still finishing year 12 at Brighton Grammar and one of our teachers was involved with the club because Bayside Bulldogs in Sandringham closed down. Um, some great players have come out of Bayside. Yeah. Daniel Corp and for his first plug, Guy Martin, who came out of there. Wow. Wouldn't be, wouldn't be a podcast without a Marto <laughs> plug. Yeah. So I came across in 96. My earliest memory was meeting Dave, Charlie Anderson at Waves Le- Leisure Centre in a spa. Sure. Uh, as you do, and that was our introduction to the Rovers. So He wasn't swimming, was he? Or exercising? No, 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 that was our meet and greet. So there was a whole lot of us um, come across from Bayside. That was our intro, and Charlie was the first person I met in a spa. There you go, good first impression? Very good first impression. You were hooked. I was in. Yeah. Nothing like saying Charlie, Charlie in, in Speedos. Yep. And moving forward, you, 2001, <coughs> what were you doing in 2001? 2001, I was living in England playing cricket. Oh, so you weren't part of the premiership? No. Shame. Have you won a Rovers premiership before? Uh, I've captained the twos and we won a flag in 2004. Obviously, 2009, coached the under 19, so really good memories. And I guess from that, what's kept you here for 25 plus years? I know I've sort of been here for 20 years and, and a few others have been here even much longer than us, but what's kept you around here at Rovers Footy Club? For me, was probably the the people starting as a young person coming through I've got jobs out of it lots of life experience made really good connections with the people and I think you know the, the people here are a bit more real a bit more authentic so that's what's kept me well you've had some experience in another <coughs> club you did go to South Melbourne for a bit didn't you yeah I enjoyed South Melbourne yeah um very different club to the Rovers South uh there's old South Melbourne so there's a you know the tradies and the wharfies and, and all that and then there's the very new middle park set that the 
that come from there. So they all, you know, the captain of the club would get off the tram with his financial review under his arm as well. So very different, very different club. So basically you touched on the people, but what about the playing days? How 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 did you find your playing days back in in the 2000s? And how would you sum up your time as a player? Um, Frustrating. I, I was a handy junior player. And then as I moved into the seniors, I was sort of that... That guy that was, if someone got dropped, it'd be me. Um, so I was always in and out. I had a really good year in 2002. You know, I got five or six best on grands in the twos. And I know that. I know that because I was working with Rojo at Ruddix and like he used to show me the votes. Um, but the coach at the time just, he thought I was a bit fat and a bit slow. So I never got a game. Um, so that was a bit disappointing. Who was the coach? Um, an ex-Hawthorne player in Norm Goss. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, he, no, that's okay. Um, no, and no, I played... No. Yeah. Bad, no, 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 it is what it is. So then as I sort of moved through my 20s, I my body just, just didn't like it. So I, my mind knew what I wanted to do, but my body just couldn't keep up and I just kept getting injured and, and then osteitis pubis got me. And that's probably why you end up taking on coaching then? It's got something to do with it? Yeah, pretty much. Like I enjoyed it. So even in my time, so I coached juniors 14, 15, 16. So that generation of um, Cole Pinto... Josh Schmitz, Jackson Ward, Nick Lyle, Nick Henry, a few of those guys. A lot of them went on to play senior footy and in premiership, so that was good. So I played on the Saturday, coached them on the Sunday. Any success? Um, we made finals. We didn't we didn't win some flags or anything like that. That was good. So that was 2002, 2003 and four. Yeah, and got got some fame through the girls' footy. You know, went and represent Emily Stanier in the. So I went to court VCAT, and I'd like to think I played my part in getting girls' footy. Was that? Was that the big thing in the news, like, yeah, 15 years ago? Yeah. There was a Rovers, she was a Rovers junior. Yeah, so Emily, Emily Stanier, yeah. So I was there and, and I made a flippant comment to a Herald Sun reporter that I didn't realise this girl who playing for Murrumbina was a girl. And and <laughs> um, and that turned out to be Penny, Penny Cooler-Reed who coaches Collingwood, I think, in the women's oh, or wow. did, yeah, so. Where's uh, this, where's Emily right now? Is she playing football or? No, Emily, I uh, I still see her, I'm friends with her on Facebook. I think she's got a young kid now. But, yeah. She never made it to the... No, nah, no. So I don't, I don't know any about this story. So she was playing for the Rovers, Rovers. and you vouched for her to let her keep playing. Yeah, so what happened is that we played against a team, I can't remember who it was to be honest. It might have actually been Bayside um, or, a, or a version of that had, that had come back. And she got hit, she got punched by someone and um, turns out that they didn't realise that there was a... She was getting picked on as a female, and then the MSJFL said, "Oh, well, actually, girls shouldn't be playing up until this age." And we're going, "Well, she has been, and her name's Emily, so it's not like <laughs> it's a sort of a, a maleish sort of name. You should know who you've got in your in your competition." So anyway, they got banned from pretty much that point onwards, and then we fought it at VCAT. They're allowed to play out the rest of the year, so I got heaps of TV. Um, there's a, a study of unit of work that you can study at VCE level. Yeah, which is which is quite good, and there's a documentary, and yeah, so we're on. Page three. I was a bit disappointed because we were supposed to be on page one of the Herald Sun when the what, but Kathy happen. Freeman retired. Oh, so we got we got bumped to page three. So that was disappointing. <laughs> Just by a bit. Yeah. So <laughs> Kathy. Kathy, somebody. Yeah. So that was good. Uh, so that was a good experience anyway, just to go to court. And, you know, I was on 6PR in Perth and Darren Hinch on 3AW. Bit of me. Neil Mitchell, I should say. And today, tonight. And now yeah. the uh, Roverland podcast. Now the Roverland podcast. Oh, it's come full circle. Strength, strength. Yeah. <laughs> full circle. What about coaching in the same club you used to play at? Has there been any unique challenges you faced doing that? It was tricky initially because I my first senior role was the under-19s. Yeah. So you had a lot of the guys that you know, I played with and a lot better at football than, than I was. And then, you know, you take drills. So it took a bit of time to 
to be comfortable with that. And then yeah. moving into the reserves, it became a little bit easier. And then yeah, well, there's no real overlap now. Like the no. folks you coach now. No, I could talk. I could talk myself up, and no one would know anything. But <laughs> yeah, well, I, I did really? play in the twos. Yeah, I coached the twos in a handful of years ago. Oh, years ago, my hamstring. And so, how do you think you see yourself as a coach? And what do you think the attributes that make you a successful coach? It's hard because I think it's it's all about relationships, particularly at, at local level. Um, the reason I got into it purely because I think that I read the game okay. I enjoy dealing with people, hence going into teaching, I suppose. But it was something that physically I couldn't do. So it was like an itch. I still need to scratch. And sort of, I, I, my approach is just pass on information, empower the players. No, I don't have all the answers. I don't think any of us do. Maybe the things I've still got to learn is taking more control and not giving too much. That can be easier to pull in than the other way around, running a dictatorship. Yeah, I, I, I just enjoy giving back and seeing enjoyment. But I think the, one of the main things is trying to create good humans. So, you know, one day the guys that, are, that I'm coaching now are running the club or going to be successful in whatever they do. So that's that's all I get into it for. It's not necessarily something that I, I just love bossing people around and being in control. It's more just I want to give back. I like the environment and that's the way I can contribute. I reckon I could name one of those players and I reckon it's Harry Chris. He's gonna be. He's gonna be here forever. Yeah. He's gonna. He's gonna be a captain, coach, um, president. I like that. I can see that. So. Yeah, and that's what and that's what Blokes it's about. Like and like even you guys doing this, this is this is great. I think because you will get good experience at doing this. It'll probably help you in your jobs and and things like that. And you don't realize what you're learning. So that's that's what I sort of go into it for. Uh, the next one. It's not really value, Anthony, which is unfortunate, even though you had a big hand in it. It's something I'm really excited about, and it's the appointment of uh, Nathan Bonney mm. as a strength and conditioning coach for this season. I think it's something that's really going to help us play better footy, I guess, at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so at the end of the year, I spoke down, sat down with Nashi and we sort of said what we want to do, and you know, all the coaches, we, we debrief at the end of the year, and we said, oh, we just need to be fitter. Yep. But it's something that we coaches can do. We can tell you to run and do this but Nashi said well we might if we're in it we might as well have a crack at it properly because we didn't think finishing third last was where we sat so we said let's hire this sort of person for this role that could be you know we're going to pay them they're going to run the fitness side of pre-season but then also be game day runner spoke to a few different people and Nathan was just as soon as I met him he was just a, a good fit he's been the, the the best thing that's happened I think and I think the, the feedback's been really good a pity that we haven't been able to absolutely see what it was going to produce but hopefully with the plans he's got in place that if the blokes have done it or yeah. at least 90% of it, they're going to be in good shape. I think so. even with the way things have gone in that we've been doing training by ourselves, to have his program, it's been even more important. Yeah, and, that, and that's it. You know, because, and, and again, Pistol or whoever handing over the reins to someone who that's what they know, that's what they yeah, do. Yeah, they're the experts. Yeah. yeah, and I think even for you guys doing your pre-season, we could say, you know, run this, run this, run this, and subconsciously you probably go, oh, it's just Pistol or Corning just saying this. Oh, but it's a different voice, yeah. and he comes with some, you know, credentials. Definitely. Yeah, well, hang on. This must be good, and I think just hope we get a crack at it and see if we can get some benefit out of it. But yeah, been a huge addition. Yeah, he was one that we we probably had to tell him to, to rein it in a little bit, which is a lot easier to tell someone just to pull it in as opposed to um, we're paying you, can you do more? Because you had to find the level. Yeah, all these things we've been doing throughout the preseason, gearing up for a big twenty twenty. Mm. How do you see us going? There's no reason why we can't still you know play finals and do all that. I, I thought with the guys that have, that have come back to the club, you know, when last year probably the area that we struggled was was kicking goals. Now you bring Speedy in, bring Nathan Smith in 
bring Carney yeah. in for a, a full season, you know, to work with Sam Bradford as, you know, Sam obviously did well. We still kicked 30-odd goals. If he's getting the third small defender and Speedy and Nath and even Harry McIntyre, you know, came in halfway, wasn't overly fit at the start but got yeah, better. Yeah, ready to go, won't he? And then you yeah, throw in, yeah, and you throw in some young guys like Cogs or, you know, and Cam Morris and if he wants yeah. to play, that, those opportunities and all those sort of things will be nice. I think it's a really good opportunity if, we get nine games and finals. In the annual report, it says a premiership. It doesn't say it does, only nine yeah. games or anything. No, there's no <laughs> asterisks, definitely no. not. You don't see anyone who was gearing up ready to go for an 18-game season pulling out because there's only... Why would you, do you know what I mean? Why would you be ready to go in March, April... And then find out the season's gonna start in July. But ah, oh, no, I won't bother. Yeah, I don't think that's, that's right. We that's get right. a bit of downtime to think. You know, I mean, I thought, definitely thought about it the first couple of weeks. I'm like, you know, what's the point? Oh, yeah. Sort of thing. But now you get yourself back in the mindset. This is the hardest part as a coach in this situation. And I know I think the best thing that can come out of this is it actually puts it back onto the players, onto the leaders, because legally we're not allowed to do anything and to be seen to be doing anything and, and be out on the track. It's actually got to come from the players themselves if they want to do the work. They'll get it done, and it can give you guys a lot of ownership. So if we do get back on the field and there's some success at the end, really that prep between when when they said you can't train and do anything to when we can, you know, that that, that ultimately falls on, on you guys because really we can only say, but we're conscious and I'm conscious that I don't want to be in your face throughout April and May. You know, you don't really want to hear from me too much. If I can't say, right, we're starting then, then I'll be in your face. But it's a balance. I want to be presuming people are doing the right thing. I want to touch base with everyone like I have been, but also don't want to be in your face. Do you reckon you've had to adjust your expectations though at all? Or do you reckon it's, you know, hit the ground running? And I think that although it gives us a better opportunity if it's a nine or 10 week season, you know, the chances are, we could actually lose a few games first up. And is it even worth thinking about that kind of stuff? Or Everyone's in the same boat, though. Everyone will be having the exact same thoughts. Wait so, you, you know, you wait and see. It's going to be played pretty quickly, I'd imagine. I don't think there'll be, you know, every four points, you've got 36 points to try and get. You might as well have a crack at it. Hmm. We always win at least six games, so. Absolutely. We're assuming. <laughs> Good to six, is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, we look back six past... Out. The past few years, we won six games, got relegated. We win six games and make the finals. Six out of nine might not get you into the finals. If you look at last year, I mean, we played Ajax in round seven and beat them. They only lost two more games through the year. That was Williamstown the second time around and the grand final. They were sitting second last when we beat them in round seven. Then they mm. made a grand final and get promoted. Mm. So a lot can happen in nine weeks. Yeah, this is a mini segment called Licorice All Sorts. Oh, Favourite assistant coach or staff member you've ever worked alongside? Really enjoyed Pitsy. Obviously a couple of years ago because he's a good mate of mine and I think he was good for the group. Yeah, he was great. Um, yeah, so he, he's been good. He's not really an assistant, but he likes to have his say. He hasn't quite got the hint yet not necessarily to have his say at certain times. And that's Dean Lovick. Dean <laughs> um, doesn't mind giving me his two cents on the team selection. He'll come, in, he'll come in and give us our pass on a Thursday night and, and then run his eye across the board. Oh, and he's just about as entitled as anyone else does. And he'll make it up as he goes along, as you can see by his, his Thursday and Saturday reports. I always email him on a Monday going, Dean, you've just made that up. Yeah, they won't know. Kenzie's <laughs> <laughs> still curious that he retired him to you. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> he retires people. He calls people the wrong name. Um, but you know what? We wouldn't be the same club without him. No, he, he, yeah. he's one you you got to support because yeah, yeah it, when they step away, the whole place will fall down. Who are your coach's pet? I've got a couple. Yeah, name them all. Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford, yeah. <laughs> I like Sam. Sam, well, Sam is, you know, he's a sensitive soul. But Sam walked into South Melbourne coming from Tartha. And now, if you don't know where Tartha is, it's about seven or eight hours away in New South Wales. He just wandered into South Melbourne, this skinny little kid. And I was like, who in the hell is this? And started playing. And yeah, I've always got on well with him and looked after him. And Sam's, he's, he's got a big heart. I like Absolutely. Sam. 
And um, probably going back a bit, but he still he tells me he's going to play again. That's probably KP. KP. A bit of cold pinto. I don't mind Hollywood. Nine games will suit him as well. Oh, he's cherry ripe. Yeah, he tells me. Too and, many. And I just tell him, don't tell me. Just turn <laughs> up. Me. Just turn up. Come he on, actually, to do. he posted a photo <clears throat> in the group chat like two weeks ago of him going to run. It's the first yeah. thing we've heard of him in about a year. He's around. Time. He's, he's back or not? He, he is back. He, he asked for a magnet to be made. But again, it's all about Kyle. Don't tell me. Just yeah. turn up. Episode three could be KP. Jeez, that'll be a long one. <laughs> <That> <laughs> you might not get any questions point. in. <laughs> um, who's your best off-field performer at the club? Over my time, um, Dave Anderson again uh, and Michael Flav. They were serious, serial pests. Um, Flavi was he was dangerous. <laughs> he still is. He is still dangerous. He, you know, a couple of kids probably hasn't slowed him down, or hopefully it has. But no, they were they were a good laugh, particularly Charlie. I've, I've got a lot of the time for Charlie, and he, he's always, he always looked after me when I first got to the club. You know, when I didn't have a license, he'd pick me up from my house and drive me to training and do his do burnouts and ride the clutch and all that in his car. I can't remember what he had, but it, you know, I used to be scared. So yeah, he, he was good. Those two were the best. And speaking of magnets, there's a funny story involving a favourite son of the Rovers, Nick Jewell, and his mm, magnet, Julie quickly run us through that for those who don't know yeah well Julie has been if you don't know Julie Julie doesn't shut up but Julie's got a bit of a temper uh, can be a little bit fiery and when going if, for, if I go on a serious point before this the benefits of being around a great club like ours is I reckon Julie's benefited from Julie he was pretty wild pretty loose um, but he has matured a lot God you know I know some of you at the yeah, moment probably, probably he is a genuine yeah, leader he when he first started he uh, yeah, he was a bit of a handful but getting back to the magnet story so it was a last game so the year before we'd won the flag we'd gone up into the higher division lost three quarters of those players because of the different age so we were really yep. young playing at old Halebury at McKinnon down on Tucker Road there and that, the open oval not the fenced oval and um, again it got to the last round we were about 25 goals down or something and Julie had already been sent off and reported half a dozen times probably throughout that year and it got to the end and I was on my probably my 14th flogging for the year and Julie just went whack 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 <laughs> Started an all-in brawl, got sent off again. I think I don't even think we had a bench at that stage because by round 18 and under 19s, when you're getting flogged, half of them are gone. And I just said, I'm expletive, expletive. I've had an, like, enough of you, Jewel, and picked up the magnet and just threw it onto Tucker Road, never to be seen again. And, and I think when his time was up, he goes, can I go back on? And I said, well, you don't have a magnet, so no. Um, he's still around. He didn't hold any grudge, so I can't complain. It's in your you footsteps. Yeah. I must have heard that story told 15 times and it's still funny yeah. every time. Yeah, just I think it's the look on his face when he realised he actually didn't have a magnet. He was like, what? <laughs> did he go and try to find it or something? He probably did. I don't know. Yeah. I wasn't really talking to him, to be honest, because I'd had a gut full of him being sent off. So Connie's actually requested that we oh, wow. um, we talk about a goalie kicked against Ajax. Now, if you can do it justice in under a minute, then... It- yeah, you know, go for it. Yeah, so 2004, Daniel Anderson, not of Daniel Anderson's 21st or 18th, one of the two, and uh, Dud came off. It was back in the day where there was not a lot of rotations. We needed to win to avoid relegation. The ball came out, down to Sandringham, snapped it on the left. Gary Carr shepherded beautifully through, put us in front, and I'm feeling great, the hero of the day, we're going to stay up now. Ball goes back to the middle, Ajax win the clearance. Julian Kersner, who had a career at Essendon in North Melbourne, takes a mark, 35 metres out, directly in front, sprays it, misses it, ball gets kicked out, game over, we win. So you keep the winner. Get the winner. To avoid relegation. To avoid relegation. Huge. This next segment is one we've grown to love in only a week. It's the Fast Five with Quanny and it's brought to you by Brighton Madstar. We've got a special guest again appearing to ask the questions. His name's Ryan Fogarty and he joins us. Yeah, yeah we've got the Fast mm. Five Zoom Zoom. Quanny. Mm. Person who doesn't get enough credit at the club. Cam Atkins. Mid-season holidays. Hate them. <laughs> 
good thing we can't go to Bali this year. Umpires. <laughs> 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 It's not about you. The boss. Home of football. Peter O'Day. Weird. Hats. Have to wear them. <laughs> Just while we're on Peter O'Day, I saw him about six weeks ago going to Lynx in Oakley. Uh, he was wearing Javianas. I could see his toes. He had all his toes painted. Yes, this happened last year. I noticed his toes were painted bright blue. I don't know what they were this day. However, he says he does a bit of local theatre. So I'm, I believe him. We'll leave Sorry. it at that. All right. Before it's your boat. Thesbian. I'm not surprised. <laughs> Cut me surprised. Thanks for joining us, Quanny. We really appreciate your insight. Thank you, gentlemen. Loved it. Yeah, thanks for being here. Yeah, great to have you on. Go Rovers. Go Rovers. Uh, quick around the uh, grounds here, and of course this segment's brought to you by the one and only Bucks and Sandringham. Around the grounds is the segment, of course, where we bring you the news, the breaking news, isn't it, it, Cross, from That's local it. football and keep our community up to date. This week, alongside the easing of the COVID-19 restrictions, local footy has been buoyed, haven't they, by some positive news out of AFLHQ. Yep. They released a memo and spoke about the return of football. You said last week no news is good news, and this week we got actual news, and it was great news. Well, it's great news. Back to training. That's it. So the main points are from next Monday, the 25th of May, club-sanctioned training will be allowed to start. The protocols that we have to adhere to um, have us training in groups of up to 10. The main point, or not the main point, but another interesting point is that we can have two groups of 10 on the boss. So that's 20 players at a time training altogether, as long as those two groups don't cross paths. Which we're excited for. That's we it. are. So, we want footy back. Exactly. Mainly is, for the podcast. That's it. And we want to have something to talk about when yeah, the games getting, start getting played. Instead of spending 30 minutes padding. <laughs> Righto, Pav. Cheers. That brings us to the end of episode two. I'm excited for the next one. I am too. Very special guest next week. And make sure everyone to subscribe, like, and follow us on all our uh, podcasting platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. It's up on Apple. It's up on SpyTunes. Oh, like SpyKids. <laughs> you can get it from SpyKids. <laughs> Bloody hell, we can get it just about anywhere these yeah, days. Yeah, you can. Social media these days. The Spy right. Kids delivering the goods. And just before we go, don't forget to buy your raffle tickets this week. Uh, hopefully, Butters and Deb, I think they're on this week. They can do a little bit better than me and Ryan did. We panicked. We actually got too much going on. We're trying to cook dinner and put all the... Anyway, we play ping pong and there's just too much going on. But make sure, buy your raffle tickets. Um, it's been really great to see everyone chipping in. We're raising some great money that's going to help the club heaps. So keep up with that. See you next week, guys. I'm not going back, 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 I'